Today on Coffee Talk, veteran Grace Krause joins me to discuss Mary Magdalene, her and Jesus' supposed illicit relationship, and the <laughs> role of women in the church. You're listening to Coffee Talk with Father Brad. Happy Easter, everyone. Veteran Grace Krause here with uh, me, Father Brad Doyle, and we are wishing you the most holy, blessed, joyful, happy Easter. Drink a beer for us. Ooh, eat some crawfish, crawfish or whatever you eat crawfish. up in. What do you eat in um, Canada? Oh. Putin? Put- Canada. Poutine? So we have people in we have people in Michigan. What do you eat in Michigan? Yeah, Mike, Michigan what you got? Sauce. So you heard from the Gospel of Luke this morning. Obviously, it's your seed, Gospel of Luke, and Easter morning. <laughs> and uh, what I'm going to do is continue that Gospel reading. So we stop after... Uh, the the apostles leave uh, John and Peter come into the don't find Jesus's body obviously because he resurrected but they don't know it yet and they leave and Mary's left so this is I'm going to read because we're going to talk about Mary Magdalene today so this is what comes after what you heard in the gospel this morning oh where is she okay but Mary Magdalene oh but Mary stayed outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she bent over into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken my Lord, and I don't know where they laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus there, but did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? She thought it was the gardener and said to him, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you laid him and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Stop holding on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to the brothers and tell them, I am going to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary of Magdalene of Magdala went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and what he told her. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. That was John. You're right. (laughs) I'm a doofus. (laughs) I was like looking in Luke on my phone and I'm like, where is this? And then I was like, I think this is John. And you went over to John. Yeah. And then you were reading John. It's John 20. Are we doing John uh, on Easter Sunday? I don't know. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> you like me messing up all the readings with the uh, cycle A, cycle no. C. What is it? I don't even know. <clears throat> I mean, this morning I was reading through just like all. It's John. Yeah, it's John. I was. Oh, we are reading John on that day. We're reading Luke right now in your C, but I guess Easter Sunday is just it's always John. John. It would make sense. But it, regardless. Yeah. Anyway, I was reading through all of the um, all of the passages that I could find where Mary Magdalene is present mostly like at the, she's just named, I guess at the end of each of the gospels, but she's in all four. She's named in all four. Exactly. Yeah. And she's a big figure. And, um, I just wanted to kind of address some common 
thoughts or accusations, ideas, books by a certain man named Dan Brown, not calling names. <laughs> but, no um, names, no names at all. Yeah, because I, I think in general in, in society, whenever you hear the word Mary Magdalene or if just a regular secular person were to, if I said, hey, what do you think of when you hear Mary Magdalene? What do you think they'd say, Grace? I don't know, honestly. I really don't. You are um, not the regular secular person. I mean, <laughs> I think they say this. I think they say, "Isn't that like Jesus' wife?" Right? <laughs> Didn't they uh, get together um, because of a cultural phenomenon of yeah, maybe I of don't the know. Da Vinci Code and um, that that whole thing. Um, years ago, that was a big thing. Um, I think somewhere deep down, and you know what's crazy, Grace. I actually run into this more often than you would think really? with Catholics really? or with people like, you know, confession or in somewhere in counseling or they just, they point to that as like a thing that might've happened or that they're, they're sympathetic to like, Oh, maybe didn't Jesus and Mary yeah. Magdalene. It's crazy to think, but it's people just, think that it's just crazy to me. I don't know. Maybe because I, I mean, praise Jesus, my dad took me to mass every Sunday, you know, like since I was a little kid. So I've heard these gospels like over and over and over and over again. And like, I don't know, it just, it seems so like out in left field to me because there's nothing in the text itself that even a little bit alludes to that. And like, and nowhere in like, you know, the fathers of the church and the tradition, like none of that, you see this. And the other thing too, I mean, just the, again, the text itself, like she calls him Raboni, which means teacher. Like if he was her husband in that sense, like why would she call him teacher? I don't know. I just, it seems odd to me. Like it seems like there would be a more, I don't want to say intimate because teacher is an intimate term, but like more intimate. Dr. Brant Petrie in his book, um, Christ the Bridegroom, and also just in his class that he taught that was the basis of that book, um, really threw us through a loop because he said, you know, Dan Brown says this in the book. I don't think he really means that this is real, but mm -hmm. um, people have this misconception that's in the cultural milieu. And sometimes it's actually kind of right. On Easter morning. Is Dan Brown right? Kind of. Kind of. And let me say, that's a big <laughs> distinction. Kind of. Um, in, in any tr any falsity, any lie, any lie from Satan himself is only a, dis distortion, a distortion of, of the, the truth. truth. That is facts. So what is the underlying truth that can get misconstrued or misunderstood because there is an intimate relationship and there even the church itself connects Mary Magdalene to the Song of Songs mm. and this resurrection scene. Have you, mm. have you heard this, Grace? Um, well couple minutes ago. <laughs> no, and I probably have heard it before. I mean, it makes sense to me. I just have never really reflected on Mary Magdalene in particular. Yeah. And the church gives us this on our feast day. So this is the reading that we just read for a feast day from the gospel. And the Old Testament reading is from the Song of Songs, the intimate love poetry of a bridegroom and bride. Um, it is saucy. Okay, there's no way of getting around it. It just is what it is. It's a saucy love poem. And this is what is read on her feast day. Take this, Dan Brown. All night I long on my bed. I looked for the one my heart loves. I looked for him but did not find him. Sound familiar? 
I will get up now and go about the city through its streets and squares. I will search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for him, but did not find him. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. Mm. Have you seen the one my heart loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found the one my heart loves. I held him and would not let him go. Mm. Oh, what's yeah. going on, Grace? Till this I had brought him to yeah. my mother's house, to the room of the one who conceived me. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles. You swear on gazelles in the Song of Songs is weird. <laughs> and by the does of the field, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Mm. There is an absolute fulfillment of that scripture from the Old Testament, which is a beloved, it's nuptial imagery in Mary Magdalene, not just in general, but her as a representative of the church. Like she's looking for the beloved. She cannot find him. The watchmen, the angels, she passes them up. She actually finds him and then she wants to hold on to them. And so Mary Magdalene, in a sense, it is true what Dan Brown says, but he, he basically makes it too base in our world that says, oh, look, there's mm-hmm. a nuptial relation between Mary Magdalene. He over-sexualizes it. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is what, every, I mean, our world, I mean, that's our culture. That's what we live in. You know, like that's what we do. Now, it's not in the same way that we think of this earthly marriage. She's not like, this is my Jesus and not your Jesus. And we're married. <laughs> we're having kids. Like, no, he is not yeah. given over to one person. He is the bridegroom. And I think that's a certain way in which he says, you cannot hold on to me. Like, it's not yeah. just, not that she was trying to take him for herself, but. No, but yeah, but I, I've always sort of reflected and related on that part of the gospel, the not holding on to Jesus, because I always would be kind of upset or confused by that when I would hear it when I was a kid. And I think it's because there's something in me and probably in all of us that kind of hates um, change, especially a change of a relationship and a, a like evolution of a relationship that you know, in one season of life, you have this certain relationship to another person, but then in another season it changes and you have to adapt. And that is difficult because you want to be in control. Right. But the whole, um, I guess reality of relationship, especially with another person is that you cannot control them in order to be in relationship with them. Right. That's the no, no Lee me tangere, which is the Latin for what Jesus says. Don't touch this. Hmm. No, actually, it's like don't hold on to me or something like that. But I always think of don't MC Hammer. Hold me or hold to me. It said. Don't hold on to me. Mm. But your your application in our lives is great grace. Um, you can't grasp, can't hold on. Um, he is the bridegroom, but he is for the entire church, mm. and uh, he has somewhere to go. We have a church to build. We resurrected, but we're not just sticking here, right? Mm. Um, I'm sure there's awesome, better theological explanations for that phrase, but <laughs> that's a good application. Um, finally, I just want to talk about uh, her title, Mary Magdalene's title of Apostola Apostolorum. Mm. Um, she is the chief pasta maker. Pasta maker. Mm. <laughs> Wow, just, that came completely out of left you, field. I was like so serious, like in the moment, and then you just threw me a curveball. I just thought, apostola, <laughs> apostolorum, apostolorum. Apasta. No, she doesn't make pasta. That is the, <laughs> that, that translation is the apostle to the apostles. Mm. She, um, and that's actually what's cool is uh, Pope Francis recently in the past couple of years has raised her feast, her, her feast day or her commemoration or memorial to a feast. And the only people whose 
memorials, the only people not Mary or mm. Jesus or Joseph mm-hmm. whose feast day is actually a feast are apostles. Mm. And she, hers and is. she's one of them. Makes she's sense. one of them. Makes, makes sense. sense. She is the apostle to the apostles because mm. she goes to the apostles and mm-hmm. says, the Lord is risen. She evangelizes the apostles. She's the first one to see Jesus mm-hmm. um, raised from the dead. And so that's her title. And I think it brought up a cool thing in my own heart and my own life. Um, when I think of this about women in the church and how wonderful the feminine genius in the mm-hmm. church is and how Mary expresses that. Mm. Before I, before we even go there, I want to mention something a little more even basic than that, that would apply like both to men and women. Um, and that I was just thinking about this, like just now that she is an apostle to the apostles. Why? Like why her? Like, why is she the one that loves Jesus so deeply? Not that they don't, you know, but that she's able to, she's there. She's ready. She's like waiting at the tomb. Like what, you know, she's yeah, Peter and John had left. And then the yeah, this like, gospel why is starts she off there. And like, I think it must be because of what had happened to her. Right. Like it says in the gospels that the person who has been forgiven, forgiven much. or the person who has been loved, right. They're the ones who are able to forgive and to love even more. Right. And so she's the one. And actually that comes from that passage. Um, with the woman wiping Jesus' feet with her hair. And like some people think that that is Mary Magdalene. Some people think that Mary Magdalene and Mary of Bethany are the same person. Some people don't. Like there's not really a way for us to know. But um, anyways, but yeah, it actually comes from that passage, which is interesting. But um, yeah, I just, I feel like it's the one who realizes their brokenness, right? Realizes their fault, realizes how far away from God they are, and then experiences that redemption, because they're able to, right? Um, they're the one who really can perceive, I guess, like the greatness of the Lord, you know? And so like, she's the one who can, because she had seven demons cast out from her, you know, which is kind of a big deal. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I feel like that applies to, to all of us that like, if we're going to be the first among the apostles, we have to be the least, right? Yeah. And I think she's a woman too. And like guys want to fix stuff. So like, Jesus ain't here. Let's go find his body. <laughs> Peter, John, you go that way. Paul, oh, not Paul. Paul's not there. He's persecuting. <laughs> James, go over there. Thomas, where are you at? We don't know where Thomas is. <laughs> where is Thomas? I always tell my students, like, where was Thomas? Thomas is out getting some canes or something. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they don't know what canes is. Oh, I forget that. Yeah, chicken. You know, He's going to get some chicken. fried chicken. Um, but Mary... The active receptivity of the feminine genius mm. to be able to sit with mm-hmm. pain and sorrow and not try to fix it. Mm. So she's there. Yeah. In order to run away. So she sits. And, um, but so mm. it, it brings up, um, are women just uh, second class citizens? Do they have a place mm. in the church? What is their place? And what does Mary Magdalene have to say about it? Yeah. So I have opinions. <laughs> Give me hot um, takes. Yeah. These are my hot takes. No. I, okay. So I understand that my experience is not everyone's experience. Um, but, In my experience, I have never, ever, ever, ever felt somehow excluded or oppressed or anything by the church because of my being a woman. In fact, quite the opposite. Like ever since I was young, like going through um, Catholic school, youth group, um, I felt like there was no discrimination to women um, being involved. Um, And actually, there were always more women involved than there were men in my experience. Um, in the youth groups, my youth minister was a woman. 
Um, and my, most of my Catholic school teachers were women. Um, not all of them, but most of them. Uh, my principal was a woman. And then I myself became a Catholic school teacher, right? Um, and I find the majority of people in this uh, profession and vocation are a lot of them are women, um, including like, you know, even like the superintendent of Catholic schools, right? And this is something that I feel like is in a lot of places, like not just where I am in the world. I I feel like the biggest mistake we make um, with trying to, you know, people talk about like women priesthood, you know, or whatever is to think that the priesthood is the sole, um, like bearer of change or authority or apostleship or whatever in the church. And like, obviously there's a particular role there, but at the same time, like in my own life, the most influence that I've experienced, like in the faith, like the teaching of the faith has been from women. Um, and obviously it's been from men too. Like I've had priests that were awesome and you know, whatever. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, but Father Brad, you are not (laughs) influencing me. Oh, that's not true. That's not true at all. Um, but, uh, no, but yeah, like I just, I feel like we forget, we look at a priest and we think like, Oh, that's the person that has all the power. That's the person that has all the authority. But like in my experience, like that's just not the case, you know, like I would see my priest, um, for an hour on Sundays, but I would see my teachers, you know, day in and day out. I would see, you know, even the women in my family, you know, um, my youth minister, I would see them like so much more often and they had so much more, um, ability to influence people in the church. Yeah. There's a latent Um, clericalism in the idea that women need to be priests yeah. because what it's saying is that in order to be important, you have to, you be, have a to priest. be a priest, which is just so not the case, you know? And I think that Mary Magdalene is a perfect example of that. I mean, she's called the apostle to the apostles, but she herself was not a ministerial priest. She was not an apostle. She wasn't one of the 12 and yet she was an apostle to them. One area that I think could use a lot of Im- improvement in the sense of like having women involved. Yeah, in get things. real. Call us out. Call yeah, us out. It's is, not all peachy keen. Come on. <laughs> yeah, in the seminaries. Booyah. In the seminaries. Um, I think that, yeah. Nah, the, they're supposed to be like bachelor pads, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. And I mean, especially with all the stuff that's going on in the church today, um, women have this ability to see um, a problem and not stand for it until there's a solution. They don't tend to, I feel like, sweep things under the rug as easily, um, especially when they perceive that their children are in danger, right? Um, The whole like mama bear thing. (laughs) So uh, Mary Magdalene, pray for us. Thank you for your, your prayers on this Easter Sunday morning. You are the apostle to the apostles and you have apostolized us. (laughs) Now I'm going to go make some pasta. (laughs) No, I'm not. Um, But thanks for uh, talking about that grace, uh, aiding us with your feminine genius, which is the only particular and that's what, um, well, not the only, I'll edit that part out. <laughs> it's the only thing you have to offer. <laughs> wow. The only thing. Nope. Will you stick around so we can do some housekeeping? Yeah. Let's go around the world. Okay. Grace. Um, a great mystery has been solved. Oh, we, uh, well, I was talking with Adam last time an SKP machine, uh, get left, oh, left yeah, a yeah, review. Yeah. We didn't and, know who that was. Uh, we didn't know who it was. Yeah. Who was the machine? Well, he, uh-huh. he reached out. He said, ahoy. 
Ahoy. My name is Mike Wilson. Oh, this is Mike Wilson. Okay, cool. That's right. The fellow who rated and reviewed (laughs) your great podcast, The Quizzical Papist, as the SKP machine. This is super interesting. Listen to this. Okay. Thank you for your priesthood, and thank you again for The Quizzical Papist. SKP machine is an old high school swim team nickname, meaning swim, kick, pull machine. (laughs) (laughs) He was apparently Uh, very good at that. Referring uh, to the vigor with which I performed each practice's warm-up set, which typically involved some distance of swimming, kicking, legs only, and pulling, arms only. It's kind of like a... How funny, yeah. It's a particular type of like a swim set. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I chose the word, and then he moves on because I was saying he was a Dungeon and Dragons fan because of Bugbear. <laughs> but he said, I chose the word Bugbear not as a reference to the category of monster from Dungeons and Dragons. As you surmised, nothing against D&D, which <laughs> only played once, I only played once in my life. That just isn't my flavor of nerdiness. <laughs> so Bugbear is a general term. It actually is Old English, and it comes from the, the bug part. It, it just means um, like bad. And then you get, we get the boogeyman from it. Like oh, boogie. interesting. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Hmm. And a bear is just scary. Hmm. Bug bear. Scary I always think bear. bears are so cute. And like, it makes me sad that they could like maul my face off, you know? <laughs> that makes, <laughs> that's true. Um, okay. And then Adam's challenge, he told him, uh, okay, what did I get wrong? <laughs> I didn't okay. really mean for it to be a challenge. He said the only <laughs> thing that came to mind was the Indiana Jones film where I said Indiana Jones and the last crusade or Holy Grail. And it was the last crusade. So at least it was. Wait, was I right? Didn't I say that? Absolutely. You were right. <laughs> You're always right. You were... No, don't tell me that. That's my pride, remember? Oh, dang. Okay, good point. <laughs> so uh, thanks for the listens and follow SKP Machine, Mike Wilson. He's actually also the the one, part of the YouTube channel Popish Plot. Um, so they have videos on there. Just look up the Popish Plot. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to his channel so you can find it. So actually for your show notes, you just click on the show, scroll down to the info, and you can click on our Patreon, our Facebook, and the Popish Plot link. Which brings us to Patreon. Grace. Father Brad. You're still not a patron. I got no money because I'm a Catholic school teacher. <laughs> we do have a new patron, though. We do have a new patron. Do we? Nikki Creel. Nikki. So uh, Nikki has been a commenter. She has sent us a couple of questions that we've answered. And she is a $5 Abby Ale Ooh, patron, which means on the she's going to be on the podcast. So thank you. Welcome, Nikki. If you out there want to be on the podcast, if you want to be shouted out, go to Patreon. Dot com www.patreon.com backslash quizzical papist you can be a one dollar member you get a shout out two uh, three dollars you get a sticker and a shout out five dollars you get to be on the show you are part of the team you are right alongside veteran grace kraus and thank you nikki for paving the way and i know what you're thinking you're like i want to but you never do because you're not you grace i'm talking about them out there mm. you know i don't know one dollar a month. It's twelve dollars a year. Wait, if I give one dollar a month, do I get a sticker, or is that three? I wasn't listening. Grace, you already have I'm a sticker. Sorry. I don't already have a sticker. I'm not giving you one until you're three dollars a month. I'm just joking. I'll is it three go. or is it one? What's one? One is just a shout out. You've oh, already been on the show. Out. You have I, no incentive. I yeah. Well, I want a sticker. That's an incentive. <laughs> you could steal it. Steal it off. Your steal laptop. a sticker. Okay, and uh, we don't have any reviews, um, so 
actually, we really need you to go out there and review. If you're listening and you haven't sent a review, just go to iTunes, look us up on podcast, iTunes podcast, most important thing, and write a review. Don't just rate us, but write us, um, and we will talk about you on air. Thanks for joining us. Happy Easter, and may God bless this season. It is longer than Lent, baby. 50 days of Easter to 40 days of Lent, because we party as Catholics. (laughs) Crawfish, 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 crawlelujah, crawlelujah, crawl. All you people that don't live in Louisiana, you're messing out. That's all I'm saying. Come visit us. God bless you. Bye.